Welcome back to the Sporting Max Podcast. This episode is brought to you by The Missing Link. The Missing Link will help you or your business connect with the biggest stars in the world through events and experiences. Find them at tmlthemissinglink.com.au. Here is your host, Max Becker. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Sporting Max. But today we're joined by the Illawarra Hawks co-owner and president, Dory Kadahi. Welcome to the podcast, Dory. How are you going at the moment? Good, Max. How are you going? I'm, I'm well, thank you. Um, now, I'd like to start off um, a bit about your childhood. So what was that um, and those childhood years like for you? Uh, look, yeah, for me, it was uh, definitely an interesting one. You know, uh, going to school and not, not really doing too well at school, failing my HSC. And you know, having a love, having a love for basketball. So I've always been a very passionate basketball player myself. Um, but yeah, you know, I wasn't really good at school, and I, I didn't really do too well uh, from that perspective. And get, got into hairdressing thereafter with my dad, and and I got into the field of marketing and and so forth. So my my journey at the start wasn't a, a glorious one, uh, and there wasn't a clear path with where I was going uh, with my career. But I was fortunate enough to sort of find a passion in, in sports and marketing and and uh, just sort of grew from there. So what did you do after you finished school? Uh, look, I did hairdressing, <laughs> which is probably not, not, <laughs> not, not the direct path that I'm in now. So mm-hmm. I worked with my dad for four years, got the trade um, underneath my belt. Uh, didn't like it one bit. <clears throat> and then um, ended up playing uh, basketball overseas in Lebanon for, for a little mm-hmm. bit and um, came back and played basketball on an ABA level. Uh, in Australia as well and and started in the field of merchandise and can you elaborate on that um sort of bark professional basketball stint like you mentioned before yeah look you know um I've played basketball pretty much all my life since I was eight in Australia and mm-hmm. played youth league state league um and then I had a I toured uh Lebanon with the Australian Lebanese basketball team uh, that put a team together to go tour over there and I was fortunate enough that I went there a couple of times and one of the teams saw me play and they called me up. Um, they actually, back then, they sent me a fax to um, my cousin's office and asked. So can you um, elaborate on that, um, you know, your whole sort of pro basketball stint for a bit there? Oh, uh, look, yeah. Um, you know, for myself, I was fortunate enough to play uh, basketball since I was eight. So um, I grew up playing for the Parramatta Wildcats and Norths mm-hmm. uh, in Australia. And I played ABA yeah. locally and and state league and uh, I, I went to Lebanon and toured with the Australian Lebanese basketball team a number of times and I was fortunate enough that one of the teams saw me play over there in the professional league and back then they sent faxes not uh, emails and they sent me a fax to my to the office that I was working at and they and I, they said you know this is the president of this club can you please give me a call about your basketball and I gave them a call and they said to me look we want you to come out and try trial out with the club and Wow. They gave me, I spoke to him on Wednesday and by Friday I was on a plane going to Lebanon and trolling out with the club and came back home and went back six weeks later, later to play over there, which was, you know, which was a great experience. I, it was a short-lived experience, but um, it was one that I sort of cut short because I felt that, you know, if I was going to play basketball my entire life, was I going to mm-hmm. retire? Was I going to retire on the, on the salary that I was going to earn or do I start building a professional career in, in, in the world of business? And I would look back now on my career and say I probably made the best choice by leaving yeah. that, that that position and starting my, my business at 25 uh, in my field and you know and looking back where I am now and what I've achieved in business and sports, I think I'm, I've made the right choice. 
Now, he founded um, your own uh, sort of promotional merchandise company in DK and Blue um, in 2002. Yeah. How did you find that experience of starting your own business and getting that to take off? Uh, look, you know, if, uh, you know, for me, it's, I always love challenges. And, you know, I started that business from my parents' garage shed uh, mm-hmm. in, my early, in, my, in my early 20s. So, um, you know, for me, it's, it's putting yourself in situations that you can try to succeed in. And I was fortunate enough that I spent a number of years working in my cousin's business um, in this field. So I've got a couple of years experience uh, within the field and, and thought I'll give it a crack and start my own business and, and go from there. So I was fortunate that from the start that when I started it, um, it was a success and, you know, it was a lot of hard work with what, with what I've done and, you know, and, and um, yeah, today we're probably one of the, one of the leading marketing and merchandise business in the country. Now you bought uh, into the Sydney Kings in the NBL, um, sort of part ownership there uh, in 2007. So where did your love for basketball start to expand to the point where um, you wanted to get involved um, <clears throat> into the sort of yeah. business side of basketball? Um, look, you know, I've always been I've always been very passionate about the sport. The sport's given me so much as a player, and and I, and I look at my my professional career in, in business. I take a lot of my my, my successes from the sport uh, in terms of giving me. The fundamentals of teamwork, uh, uh, visualization, hard work, training. And these are all the things that I'm fortunate enough that um, succeeding in business gave me the opportunity to invest back into the sport. So yep. um, when the Kings opportunity came up when I was 32, um, it was probably more of, a, more of a passion than anything else to sort of uh, part on a club back then. It probably wasn't the wise decision being a 32-year-old getting into a sport. Uh, and, and not knowing too much about the business side of sports, but um, it gave me, you know, I've got a lot of good friendships and relationships. And you know, Brian Gorgian was probably one of the closest ones that I built during that time, who's now a coach of the Hawks. So, um, but yeah, I guess, you know, having success in business gave me the opportunity to, to you know, live out a child, childhood dream of, you know, of, um, you know, getting back into sport on an ownership level. So, how did that position uh, at the Kings come about? Um, look, you know, basketball back then wasn't really at, at the forefront of where it was against other sports. You know, if you go back 10 years prior to that, you know, I think we all know that NBL in the early 90s was at the heyday and at the pinnacle of what the NBL stood for. Yep. Um, but um, I think back then it was more about, you know, if you've got the ability to, to you know, to, to lose money, I would say back then, um, put your hand up and, and you'll get a license. Um so it wasn't too hard uh, to sort of get in, get involved with it as, as long as you're willing to invest money into it. Um, so look, yeah, Derek Rucker was there at the time, um, part of the Kings, and, and um, they knew that I was interested in uh, getting involved and they reached out to me and had a bit of a chat. I used to be a cowboy for the Kings when I was 12. <laughs> so, so, you know, I was, I was there at the first game at the State Sports Centre when they were putting, putting up the jerseys up on the... Uh, up in the up in the uh, change rooms for you know for people like Steve mm-hmm. Carfino, Damian Keogh, uh, Ian Davis, Mark Rebilliard, all those sort of guys, and wiping the floors during the games as well. So I've had a very long passion with the Kings back then and, and with the sport itself. So um, yeah, so it was definitely exciting. Where and when did you start to get your um, passion and I guess edge for writing? Um, look, yeah, you know I've written a couple of books. You know, the last one is is Win Big, Risk Small. Um, yep. You know, for me, um, the passion is more about sharing a journey and sharing a journey of, of success. And, 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 you know, if I can do it, then you can do it. And for me, it's about trying to inspire people and, and, and entrepreneurs and, 
and people that have you know have a passion that you know what if I can succeed in business and um, and get to where I've gotten to without a degree or without no formal you know without no university degree or mm-hmm. uh, you know failing a high school certificate um, it's just trying to show people that you know if I can do it then you can do it so it's always been it's always been a um, a belief in mind that you know if, if you can if you can share your knowledge with other people and help people and inspire people to succeed that's something good that I'm you know I'm doing you know uh, and trying to inspire other people so yeah I think it's just more around the journey of what I've what I've done inspired me to write. Um, now in November 2011 you published your first book titled Power to Act. What was that experience like um, of writing your own book? Um, look yeah it was definitely reward you know. For me, writing the, that book was more about writing a, a biography slash entrepreneurial book. So yep. the whole book's literally around my whole journey in life, and and you know from my early childhood to uh, uh, you know to being born all the way through to high school to being hairdressing to playing basketball to artist management, um, you know going through the whole process of my life. And at the end of every chapter, I'll talk about my theories and 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 my um, and my beliefs in business. So. It was more about trying to inspire people. So I, I really enjoyed sharing my, my story and journey and, mm-hmm. you know, and hoping to inspire other people in business. A few years later, um, you published another book, your second book, uh, Wealth Diaries, um, An Entrepreneur's World. How long did it take you to write that book and how do you feel when, I guess, you read people's um, you know, thoughts and reviews on the books, on your books and yeah. things like that? Oh, look, you know, it's always rewarding, um, you know, or, you know, it, it's great that, you know, getting people responding, saying that, you know, you've inspired me and, you know, you've given me, you know, another, another you know, more belief in what I've done and, yep. and where I'm going. Um, you know, it, you know, it's just probably more about self-satisfaction that, you know, you're, you're making change for people. And that's, you know, no matter what you write, whether you get one person that reads your book or if you can change one person's life or if you can change 50 people's lives, it's always a positive outcome. And that, and for me, it's about just trying to inspire everybody. And I've always been that sort of person that, you know, if I can share my journey and inspire people to sort of have a crack at, at, at their goals and their beliefs, um, that to me is very, very uh, rewarding uh, personally. You took up a position in January, 2018, um, in which you sort of held for a few years um, as the NBL advisory board member. Talk to me about your role here in those couple of years from your perspective. Oh, look, you know, it was great. You know, um, Larry Kesselman reached out to me and said, you know, he was putting an advisory board together for the NBL. And, and um, he, I had a meeting with him uh, a few months before that happened. And, and um, because, mate, want you on board, love your passion for the sport and, 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 and what you've done in business as well. So um, that was probably my first taste getting back into the NBL after the Kings. Um, and I think that sort of gave me a bit of a... A, a bit of a spur to try to get back into it further and look I enjoyed it you know I was around some very creative and very smart people on, on the advisory board and we just all you know we all sort of added our two bobs into the MBL and, and just sort of um, collaboratively you know brainstormed um, as a group and, and gave the MBL some sort of I guess advice um, open forum discussions to see which direction they're going so um, you know Sorry. you know that's okay no, look you know it, it was a good time um and he, and he sort of probably got my, my, my juices going again into sort of, you know, uh, looking back into the NBL and, you know, with more broader eyes and, and being more um, more open to, uh, you know, these sort of opportunities. So when um obviously had a meeting with Larry Kesselman, what were those kinds of conversations about? Um, 
you know, as in terms of like talking business and um, getting a deal done to get you on the board? Um, look, you know, it was more of a, uh, it was more of an open discussion. Um, mm. It was more, more about the sort of getting to know each other. Um, you know, we, we both had, you know, we both have a very, very similar journey. We both went to China at a very young age and started importing out of China. Um, we're both very entrepreneurial in our own, in our own ways, you know, and we both have a common interest and, you know, that's a passion for basketball. So, you know, we, we're both very like-minded people and, and the way Larry does does his interviews and meetings it's the same way that i do we just have discussions and if you can if you can feel like you're on the same wavelength and you sort of got the same um goals and you know the same sort of personalities it's always going to be a recipe for for a good outcome so um there was no formal uh uh interview in terms of you know dropping in your resume and yeah. so a lot of it was done based on on our experience and knowing what i've done and what, what i've done in the field of sport and what i've done in business and just sort of Having an open, robust discussion, and, and that was something that we uh, we did, and within the hour we kicked it off, and we knew, you know, what this is going to be a good partnership, and and um yeah, and he blocked me onto the board, which was great, and it was a great experience, and I actually enjoyed just being around, you know, like-minded people with the same interests and same passion. Now you're currently a shareholder and director at Swanky Socks. What's that like for you? Yeah, look, you know, it, it's a it's a fun business, you know, it's it's a it's a fashion retail sock business that you know that I've um invested into as a startup uh, the guy Tom that started this business and I saw him uh, pitch at, at a um, at a um, at an entrepreneurial event and um, and yeah I just love the idea love what you did with it and, and sort of uh, took a 50% stake in the business and yeah and we've grown the business dramatically over the last three years so you know we do retail socks we do corporate socks and some you know we've grown the business by a thousand percent within the within the first couple of years so it's it's a it's a fun, it's a fun business. So if you like your your swanky socks, go out there on our swankysocks.com and buy your pair because they're, they're you know they're they're a good pair, they're a good pair of socks. Let's talk about um DKM Blue, your company. Did you have an aim um for it when you first began and started out, and have you achieved that aim um I guess since starting and to the sort of present situation? Um, look, you know, I've always had big goals and dreams, and 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 starting DKM. From my parents' garage, uh, I've always knew I was going to, you know, hopefully do something big with it. Um, you know, going to China for me was a very big part of growing this business. China was a very big part of of the business and getting there at a very early age, where China, where the borders in China were really closed mm-hmm. to exporting, it was all done out of Hong Kong. Um, so I really went into this business, you know, with un- unblinked thinking and just sort of had a belief and an idea of how I was going to set this set this business up. Um, you know, I've got four thousand competitors that do what I do and and I was fortunate enough that my beliefs and theories in, in my business, you know, worked. And I focused on, you know, customer service and, and delivering unique products at the start. And, and it, the business took off from the start. So I um, always had the vision and belief that I could do it and to see it come to fruition at a very early age in, my, in, in, in the business, you know, was, a, was very satisfying and rewarding as well. In July 2020, you became known uh, as the new co-owner of the Illawarra Hawks. Throughout a tough time for the club, um, you and Brian Colangelo and Michael Proctor um, bought in and bought um, pretty much the whole club. Um, how did that opportunity arise for you? We yeah. last year, and you know, being close to the board, I sort of. You know, uh, when that opportunity came up, you know, we had a chat with Larry and said, mate, what are you doing with the club uh, here on in? And sort of, you know, we put a bid in 
uh, to take over take over the license and and, and mm-hmm. fortunate up or successful with that. Um, and yeah, we, we you know we've started the, this business from scratch, and you know even though we had the brand, the Illawarra brand there for you know uh, for 40, 40 plus years, um, yeah. you, you're building this business from scratch because we literally went into that business with nothing other other than um, you know four four walls and uh and nothing nothing there. So we really built this business from scratch, and, and for us it was a um, was definitely a challenging time and something that, that, that you know a lot of pressure on on ourselves trying to build this up within a very short period of time. Um, the team was renamed the Hawks and um, obviously Illawarra was stripped from that name. What happened here and what was your perspective um, on that? Well, look, you know, it was a league directive uh, in relation to where they wanted to take this brand. They wanted it to be a regional team and, and, and to explore, you know, the Canberra, Canberra and the Newcastle region. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, look, it was part of, it was part of buying, it was part of buying the club and it was part of the, uh, Part of the agreement, and um, you know, when we did take over this license, we realised the impact it had on the community and yeah. how much the word, you know, the name Illawarra meant to them. Um, and I've always said it at the start that the DNA of the Hawks is the Illawarra region, something that we, you know, I believed in. And we went back to the NBL, we had a discussion, and we, and we fought back into it. And you know, we, 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 we you know, we, I wouldn't say we fought, but we had a, had a, had a robust discussion around we want to bring the name mm-hmm. back, and we we put some parameters around that, and we we achieved our goals and. We brought back the name, which you know, which I think was warranted at the time, and and um, you know, we couldn't be more happy that we you know we are now the Illawarra Hawks again, and you know, the community are very happy with that, and um, you know, it's exciting for us to sort of you know be able to continue this era of the Illawarra Hawks, and you know, take them to, and, you know, and and building out new steps, and you know, and trying to grow this brand and the reputation to be you know a leader a leader in basketball. As a co-owner and um, club president, what do you do um, on a weekly schedule at the club? Um, a lot of things. <laughs> it's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's never ending. You know, I thought you know this and you know, um, and it sort of uh, feed itself. But uh, look, every day it's it's um, it's ongoing. You know, it's a lot of emails, a lot of collaborative with our staff in the office. You know, working, you know, with other owners in the league and and, and looking over how we improve commercial partners. Uh, trying to grow our brand from a social platform. Um, every day is different, but every day is very, very hands-on. It's been like that from day one, and I think mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to ease off anytime soon. In NBL 21 um, this year, the team's been playing some great basketball so far uh, under new coach and obviously Brian Gorge and um, the great the goat. <laughs> What's it like to work with Gorge um, at the club? Look, it's been great. You know, um, one of the first things that I that I did say when I come, if I ever come back into the NBL, Brian will be my coach. And and we made this this pat twelve years ago when we were together at the NBL uh, at the Kings. <laughs> so to actually live this dream and, and and have Brian come back and doing this together again, it's definitely a um, a, you know, definitely an exciting experience for us. So you know, having him lead lead our team does make our job a whole lot easier because you know you've got the best coach there. Um, mm-hmm. We've got a very young side, and you know, if we didn't have Brian there with this young team. We probably, probably wouldn't be in this position right now. So having him lead this team and, and, and you know, we're sitting fourth at the moment, um, <clears throat> there's no other way we would have done it without having Brian there. So having him back, you know, I'm 12 years older now and, and he's, he's older as well. So we're definitely in a different stage in our careers from maturity-wise and, and knowledge-wise. So, um, you know, to be collaborating with him again um, at the Hawks is definitely exciting for myself and I would hope it's the same for, for Brian, which is probably why he came back into the league. Um, knowing that the NBL has improved as a whole and also for us about to work together, it's been exciting. 
Now, what was that like to stand by uh, your close friend in Brian and see him get us uh, pointers at, uh, sorry, appointed as the Australian Boomers head coach? Oh, look, it was definitely uh, exciting, you know, sitting at, at that press conference with him, um, you know, being announced as a Boomers coach was, mm-hmm. was probably very surreal for me. Um, you, know, you know, doing our first press conference together when he came into the Hawks was exciting, but then getting him, you know, him, you know, Brian being reappointed as a Boomers coach and being there on his side and, Mm-hmm. And being on that, on that press conference was, you know, was definitely surreal and, and, and something I couldn't be more proud of uh, having him come on board and, you know, and lead the, you know, lead the boomers. I think we'll do a great job and we've got a great side and, and there's no better guy to, uh, you, know, to you know, to drive the boomers, you know, to a medal this, this year. Can you help me uh, get Gorge on the podcast? Oh, I can have a try. I can have a chat with him, you know. <laughs> you know if he knows uh, your passion for the sport and what you've been doing, I'm sure he'll jump on and, uh, and give you an interview without a doubt. Thanks, man. Um, the club's next star um, in Justinian Jessup and obviously guys like Tyler Harvey are playing really consistent basketball at the moment. What's that like to have NBA caliber players um, come in day in, day out at the club? Oh, looks fantastic. You know, you know, not, a, not, a, not, not only are they great players, they're actually fantastic human beings. Um, everyone on this team, you know, has got a positive attitude. Um, Everyone gets on well. You know, Tyler and Justinian are both phenomenal players, but also great people. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, you know, it makes it makes the job more rewarding when you've got good people around you. And, and I think this year, all our players are fantastic. You know, we've had no issues with anyone and everyone's loved being there and everyone's loved working together. You know, we've got a great team team environment and it's, it's sort of, uh, yeah, it's good to be around the club. I saw you caught up with uh, the Warriors scout, Michael Lee who's um, seeing how Jessup's going at the moment and tracking his sort of progress. What was yeah. that like for you to meet um, him and get to know him? Yeah, look, no, Michael's a great guy. I'm, I'm spending a lot of time with Michael. You know, we've, we've, we've talked a lot with, uh, with Kent Lokerb from the Warriors and we've, you know, we've been having close dialogue with them. And, you know, the Warriors in general have been a great, a great organisation. They're working closely with us and what we're doing at the Hawks with Justinian. So um, the whole experience with them has been very professional and they've been very uh, supportive of what we're doing with Justinian and spending time with Michael now has been great for us and, and you know, Michael's sort of seen, you know, the calibre of the NBA and what it, what it stands for. Um, but look, yeah, it's definitely great and for us, it's just, it's just collaborating with, with, uh, with the Warriors and do whatever we can to help Justinian get to that next step and being, you know, Warrior come next season. Mm-hmm. What's something that uh, people don't know about you? Oh, geez, I don't know. I think my life is pretty much in the media at the moment. Uh, look, you know, I'm just a hard worker. Um, you yeah. know, it, I, I've, I've always been a very low-key person from a sense that I'm very open, I'm very hospitable. Um, for me, it's all about respecting everybody and what I do and, and giving people time of day. And I've always, um, I've always responded to emails, I've always responded to people, you know. Um, but look, you know, it's just, I'm just a simple, simple, fun guy that's always going to be supportive and, uh, and just sort of... Um, I, you know, I would say I'm easy going. Uh, look, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty open when it comes to things like this. So I don't think I've got many secrets when it comes to uh, my personality. I think I wear, it, <laughs> I wear it on my shoulders, on my sleeves. What are your, um, I guess, strengths and uh, weaknesses in business, do you think? Um, you know, I think, I think uh, my weaknesses in the past was being impatient. And I think I've learned mm-hmm. the time is to be patient. Um, Look, you know what? I'm not great at many things, but I'm I'm good at a lot of things. And for me, if you if you can be good, if you can be good at things and listen, and work with a team, um, you go a long way. So, um, you know, I'm always trying to learn. And I think you know, the biggest issue that people are going to have is being ignorant. 
in business and, mm-hmm. and for me I've never been ignorant or stubborn I've always I've always been stubborn with my beliefs and ways which has got me to where I am but I'm always open to learn and I've always had an open ear to listen from everybody whether it's a receptionist or a warehouse person or um, whoever it is that you're always learning from people and I've always been very open-minded to listen and, and learn from any, any walks of life because you can always take positive out, positive out of, out of anything that you hear or or, or anyone that you communicate to. So um, succeed for me, it's always been about listening and open and having an open mind as well as having a belief and a strong strong stance of whichever way you want to go. Now we've got sort of five quick questions now. <laughs> so yeah. do you have an, uh, an NBA team that you go for? Um, I did. It used to be the Lakers, but now uh, I'm, I'm a bit more broader based on players than, than, than our teams. But the Lakers yeah. and the Bulls have always <laughs> been my teams. What footy team um, do you support at the moment? I've always been an Eels supporter, followed by a Tiger mm-hmm. supporter. So I'll always say Paramount Eels first and foremost. <laughs> uh, who would you like to go uh, to dinner with? Um, I'll probably say Michael Jordan. Uh-huh. Who's your idol? Um, I wouldn't say I've got one, uh, a main mm-hmm. idol. You know, Jordan was definitely something that inspired, uh, that inspired me. Um, but look, you know, uh, my dad probably, you know, to a degree, you know, brought me up on, on values and respect. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where I was brought up and that sort of gave me, instilled in me the values that, I, that I've got today. And it's kept me grounded. So I've got to thank my dad for that. Who's the most famous person um, you've met? Oh, um, geez. Uh, the most famous person I've met. I've met a, I've met a fair few, but you know what? <laughs> no, one, no one really comes. I have um Jeez, uh, oh. I've met a few. I've, I've met a few. I've met a lot of NBA players, but you know, to me, the you know the players that plan plan the game. So um, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'll give that one a pass because I've met a lot of people, but no one that really sits in mind saying, "Wow, that's." Who can you name a couple of those NBA players for us? Uh well, you know, obviously James Ennis is a good friend yeah. of mine. He's playing the NBA now, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've met Boris Diaw. Spent a couple of days with mm-hmm. Boris Diaw in Sydney. Um, you know, also I've met, I've met Harden as well, and a lot, you know, a lot of players, you know, through through the circles of my my friends in the NBA. Um, you know, I went to the Lakers facility and saw LeBron there, and I was in the back change rooms with, with you know with the Lakers when when uh, Houston were playing. So, um, but look, yeah, I've seen a lot of a lot of players and, and artists in my time, but yeah, for me that they're they're just people like like myself, and um, just happen to have a bigger profile, and, and you know. And maybe uh, a bit more profile in the media than what you know than what we have. So, um, if your life was a movie, um, who would you choose to play yourself? Oh, mate, you're putting me on the spot, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll say uh, George Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, where do you keep your tomato sauce? In the fridge or in the cupboard? I hate tomato sauce, so I don't have it. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> It's not my cup of tea. <laughs> um, thanks, Dory, for coming on the podcast. Um, just it. one last question. Have you got any advice for me to, um, I guess, get to where I want to go quicker and take the next step um, into getting to sports, TV and media? Mate, you're doing a great job as it is. How old are you now? Uh, 14. Mate, keep doing what you're doing. And, you know, you've got the passion for it. And um, you've done some research on myself and I'm sure – you know, it's all about research, but mate, keep doing what you're doing. And you know, if you keep doing it, you know, if you keep compounding what you've done now, mate, you're going to get there very quickly. So just keep following your passion and your dream and keep on this course because you're doing a great job. 
Thanks, Dorian. Um, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been um, an absolute honour for you to put um, aside some of your time today and come on and have a chat. Thanks, I appreciate it, Max. Good luck with everything. Thanks, Dory. Stay Cheers, tuned, man. everyone, for some more Sporting Max. Thanks for listening to Sporting Max. If you liked this episode, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes and follow and subscribe to our channel on Instagram and YouTube. This episode was brought to you by The Missing Link.